Good morning. Happy Friday. We are continuing our season reviews. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. Today we're going to be talking about Igor Chinakov, uh, everyone's favorite Russian rookie. That's what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you stories, news, trials, tribulations, the highs and lows of your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. We uh, were continuing today, like I said, our season reviews, uh, talking about Igor Chinakov, who I personally think had a pretty good rookie season. Um before we get started, I do want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. You're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a locked on product, and uh, that is a promise. So uh, let's uh, let's get into talking about Chinakov. Um, you all know by now, I'm sure, the, the world was pretty surprised when Yannicka Kleinen drafted Chinakov a couple of seasons ago, but uh, in hindsight, I think it's working out. It's working out pretty, pretty well. Um, he was an overager that the Blue Jackets picked uh, 21st overall, I believe. Yep, 21st overall uh, after not being drafted the year previously. Um, looking at his stats, I think you can kind of you can kind of see why his draft year was not super impressive. Um, he had 15 points in eight games in the uh, under-18 Omsk team, uh, 16 points in 37 games in uh, the Omsk MHL league, which is uh, like the the one below the KHL. Um, but then the year after that, uh, his, so that would be his draft plus one year, he uh, wore an A for the Omsk MHL team and had 69 points in 56 games. Uh, had one point in four games in the playoffs as well, uh, 27 goals. So you can kind of see that uh, where Yamo, where Yamo is coming from. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot before as well uh, to a bunch of different draft guys that Columbus just likes to draft skill. And that's one thing that Chinikov has is skill. And his shot is maybe one of the best on the team bar, you know, the obvious guys. Um he just needs to be surrounded by guys that uh, can complement that. I think, um, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Um, last season, Chinikov, I don't believe started the season with the Blue Jackets. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for opening night, I believe. Uh, they sent him down to Cleveland. He played one game, scored one goal, uh, and then came back up. Uh, and ended up playing 62 of the 82 games. Uh, he was injured for a little while of that, I think, so it wasn't all healthy scratches. In fact, I think he was only healthy scratched for a couple of games. Um, and then he took a, no a knock at the near the end of the season, I believe. Um, but he had 14 points in 62 games, uh, seven goals, seven assists, which I think is uh, people, again, people expect first-round picks to come out and have 60 70 point seasons immediately but that's just not it's not realistic so uh would i have liked a little bit more 
offense from Chinikov, yes. However, I, and again, I feel like he was kind of under the same uh, the same constraints that Ken Johnson was at the uh, at the end of the season, where it's tough to produce when you're not getting a ton of ice time. Like he he, he kind of he moved up and down the lineup a lot as well. Um, I'm just pulling up his his stats. So like. In one game, he played nine minutes. In the next game, he played 18. Uh, you know, he played seven, uh, seven minutes, 50 seconds. He played 6.51, or he played 16.26. Like, there's just a wild, wild variation between uh, between ice times here. And I think that's probably a little bit, I think, um, the, you know, the ensuing line mix-up. Um, but honestly, I think he was at his strongest when he was playing with uh, Sillinger and Voracek. I really, really liked that line. I think it was uh, one playmaker, two scorers. And uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't as defensively sound as it could have been, but I think it was uh, a lot of fun anyway. So uh, we'll, uh, in a minute, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about... Chinikov's development, what I would like to see from him next season, and kind of maybe how he fits into the team. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because it is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can run reviews and news of every league, including the MLB, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. They've got combat sports. They've got esports. Even things like golf. I know golf is happening uh, right now. So uh, if you want to put some money on, uh, gosh, I don't know, Tiger Woods, then uh, you can do that at Online. It continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. Uh, they've got you covered. So you can head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Uh, BetOnline is where the game starts, so uh, run, don't walk. So the thing, the thing about sophomore seasons is, you know, they call it a sophomore slump for a reason. Um, and I think part of the part of the the argument for this is in rookie seasons, I think teams tend to give players not enough credit. Um, you know, like you saw, I think the most the most notable one for me would have been Dylan Larkin's rookie season. No one realized how fast he was, and by the time they did, it was too late. Um, his sophomore season, he had a bit of a slump because teams were like, right, this kid is super fast. We've got to deal with that. Um, and I don't necessarily see that happening with Chinikov, um, just because I, uh, I don't necessarily think the team saw him as a threat to begin with. So, uh, it could be, it could be an interesting start to the season for Chinikov. Um, hopefully he spent the summer working hard, training, putting a little bit of weight on. Uh, he's coming in at about 190 pounds, I think. Uh, so probably a little bit more room to grow, but again, he's kind of a skinny guy anyway. So uh, maybe, maybe they just have to kind of uh, live with that. But I would love to see him come in and challenge for one of those top six wing spots. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of competition for those at the minute, especially because they've added a brand new left winger, which I believe is uh, Chinikov's preferred wing. Uh, well, Elite Prospects has him as a right wing, so uh, 
Oh, and so does uh, NHL.com. He played on the left for most of the season, I believe. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But um, it could, like I said, it could get it could get a little a little interesting there at the top. I'm just um, looking at the 300 wingers that we have, um, and you'd like to see Gaudreau, Voracek, Bjorkstrand, uh, Johnson in those top four positions honestly. Um, and then, you know, you've got Nyquist, you've got Eric Robinson, you've got Chinakov, you've got Brendan Gaunt, you've got Emil Bemstrom, you've got Patrick Laine, who I didn't even mention, you know, so you've got five or six potentials for those spots. Like maybe you move Johnson to center. Um, I don't think you should, but Right now, we've got a lot of wingers competing for those spots, um, so it could get it could get a little interesting in terms of who deserves those spots. Um, something else as well uh, is that obviously Chinikov is not is uh, waivers exempt at the minute, so it could turn into a situation of the team doesn't want him sitting, so they send him down. Um, and I'm kind of of the same mind of, you know, yesterday I talked about Carson Meyer and how I'd rather have him playing, you know, 20 meaningful minutes in Cleveland than playing like eight checking minutes in uh, in Columbus. And I'm kind of of the same opinion with Chitikov. I just I don't know if he's going to get the ice time just because they have so, so many wingers. Um, and I feel like looking at the list, he might be the odd guy out. Um, maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe he'll come in and and blow a, blow the team away, and everything will be will be fun. Um, I would love for a world as well where the third line is also an offensive threat. I feel like we're kind of skewing more towards that as a league anyway. Um, is the thing like there was for a long time like. Since I got into hockey in what, 2013, it was basically, oh, no one, you know, it was the top six and the bottom six, and those were, roles were very, very different. I would love to have four lines that could be considered a top six, um, you know, and we're kind of moving away from having that fourth line grinding role from, you know, just going out and causing problems. Uh, the third line is kind of there to score a little bit more. So uh, maybe... He's uh, maybe he tops out at being a really good third line winger um, and scores. You know, if we could get 15 to 20 goals out of Chinakov, and I do think he could be a 20 goal scorer in this league, then that's that's a win for me, honestly. Um, so maybe maybe that's where the team goes. Again, we don't have or Columbus doesn't have a lot of grinding, which. I'm a big fan of. I don't, you know, I've talked about it before. I'm probably going to talk about it again. I don't like, I don't like players that just kind of grind and make it hard for the other team to play versus going out there and scoring goals. You know, like that was my problem with the Olivier signing is that he's not going to score goals for this team. He's going to go out there and he's going to cause problems. And I get the, the argument of, oh, the Blue Jackets got bullied. No, they didn't. They had one game where, who was it? I think it was the Minnesota Wild kind of ran roughshod over them. But, like, it is what it is. I, I hate 
I hate this idea that the Blue Jackets need these bodyguards like Olivier and Gabranson to come here and take up a roster spot from a younger player, a cheaper player, especially in the ter- uh, you know Olivier is making seven hundred fifty thousand, but like especially in the terms of Gabranson making four million dollars, like that's four million dollars we could have used on Patrick Line that we now can't. Um, and now it looks like if we want to keep Patrick Liner, we're going to have to trade like a Gus Nyquist or people keep floating around the idea of trading Oliver Bjorkstrand, but I don't, I like, I hate that. So, you know, it's, it's, Blue Jackets are going to have to shed salary and they wouldn't have to shed as much salary if they hadn't signed Branson, but that's beside the point. That's not, that's not what this episode is, uh, is about. Um, but my point was, if I if I go all the way back, uh, my point was put Chinikov on the third line and make that third line into a scoring line, not a checking line. Um, the other thing with Chinikov as well, which we'll talk about in a minute, actually, is uh, his contract. We're going to talk about that next. Uh, but first, I've got to tell you about the NFL Top 50 because uh, we're looking at which NFL stars move the betting line the most. Started, uh, started July 18th, Locked On is giving you the 50 most valuable plays in the NFL from the odds makers over at betonline.net. It is available on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. Uh, so basically, wherever you get Locked On Blue Jackets, you can find Locked On NFL and uh, find out who the 50 best players are over there. But uh, in terms of over here let's talk uh, let's talk a little bit more about um let's talk a little bit more about chinakov because this is a contract year for him he will be an rfa when it's up so that gives us a little bit of wiggle room but uh this could be a really interesting year for chinakov um luckily the blue jackets don't have a ton of uh Contracts that need restructuring at the end of this upcoming season. Uh, Nyquist is done, but I assume he will be uh, moving on or potentially retiring. Or if they can re-sign him for cheap, then sure. But $5.5 million is coming off the books for Nyquist. Um, Chinakov is coming off of his entry level. Um, Vladislav Gavrikov needs re-signing as well. And so do Andrew Peek and Gavin Beiruda. So uh, we'll... Uh, Oh, and Texier as well. But honestly, I, I don't know. I talked about it a little bit. I don't know if Texier has a future with this team. That's not this episode, but it is something that I have been increasingly thinking about. But that's beside the point. I could see Chinakov coming out and having a really good season and then commanding, you know, maybe two or three million for the next couple of seasons. Yamo loves his bridge deals. Um, you know, I could see him getting a similar contract to the one that Adam Boquist just got. Um 2.6 million for the next three seasons. Like, that would be perfect. I think if Chinukov goes out there and shows that he can be a 15 to 20 goal scorer, I think that's that's perfect. Um, if he doesn't do that, then I think the Blue Jackets can probably get away with signing him for a couple of years at, like, an Eric Robinson or less level. Um, so who knows how, uh, how that's going to go, but hopefully it all goes... Uh, it goes the right way for us and it goes the right way for Chinakov because, again, I'm a big fan of players being paid what they deserve. So uh, we'll see We'll see how it ends up, honestly. Um, but that's going to be one to keep an eye on, I think, is Chinakov coming off his entry-level contract. I don't think he's going to blow everyone away and score 30 goals this season. Uh, if he does, that will be a really good problem to have. 
But uh, the Blue Jackets are not really in cap hell right now. Um, I think there's cap worries, but I don't think it's cap hell in the same way that, like, Vegas, for example, had to shed... They had to send Max Pacioretty for nothing to Carolina. They had to send Flurry to Chicago for basically nothing. You know, we're not at that point yet with the Blue Jackets. So uh, I'm not super worried. Hopefully, um, there's going to be an update today on Patrick Laine. He has until 5 p.m. Eastern tonight. So this is Friday, if you're listening to the episode when it comes out, to sign his qualifying offer. And after that, it's ineligible. So he will either have to be traded or sign a long-term deal, uh, hopefully the second. So we'll see. uh, We will see how that goes. Um, But just just to kind of finish off, um, for Chinikov's work this season, uh, I'm going to give him, this feels harsh, but I'm going to give him a C. I think he has way more to give. Um, I think, yeah, okay, some of the things that happened this season were out of his control. You know, the injury, the not getting enough ice time. But I think those are all things that he has to kind of, or the ice time specifically, he has to fight against. Next season, he has to come out and he has to say, listen, I deserve to be on this team. In the same way, I think that Cole Sillinger did during training camp is he came out and he was like, listen, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be on this team, like find a reason to get rid of me. And I think Gino Hukov has to do the same thing this season because the Blue Jackets just have so many wingers and there's always another winger to replace you. So if if you don't want to put in the work or if you are struggling, then... I could see them being like, right, well, we'll send him down to Cleveland for a little bit, let him marinate there, and then bring him back up. But the problem with that is if the guy that you replace him with is really succeeding, then there's no room for Chinikov. So, like, it's a tough tough situation, but I'm going to give him a C with the hope that next year he really comes out and really shows the team, the fans, the media, why Kekalainen drafted him in the first round. Um because I really do believe that he deserves to be here. I I think he had a good, a solid rookie season. Yeah, it didn't, you know, break records or really move the needle outside of Columbus, but I don't know. I like I like the kid. I uh, I think he's I think he's got a spark. He's got something that, you know, you can see is fighting to get out and hopefully next season we get to see a little bit more of that. Um that's going to be it from me today. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Odyssey, wherever you are listening to podcasts, you can find us there. We're over on YouTube. So uh, if you're not on YouTube, then uh, come find me over there. It's, uh, It's a fun time. Uh, tomorrow we'll be doing a special weekend episode uh, either with Patrick Laine news or we'll be doing another season review. Uh, I believe we're going to be talking about Trafix Wolanski next. So uh, that'll be exciting for Monsters fans because you all know I love Trafix Wolanski. Uh, so we're going to talk about his time with the Monsters, his NHL debut, uh, what we expect from him next season, 
all of those things and a little bit more uh, is coming up tomorrow. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. I super, super, super appreciate it. Uh, the podcast has been going through the roof. The YouTube is making really good strides. So uh, that's all down to you guys. So I appreciate you. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. <laughs>